0: You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. Welcome back to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany 90.9 FM. My name is Eric Hardiman and I'm the co-host here with Alyssa Lotmore. Welcome back, Alyssa.
1: Hey, Eric. I'm excited to be here today as we have an alum with us. So it should be a great show.
0: We do, an alum of the University of Albany School of Social Welfare, the class, the MSW class, Masters of Social Wo- Social Work, 2006. We're very excited to have with us the author of On Conquering Schizophrenia from the Desk of a Therapist and Survivor. We have the author of that book and his name is Robert Francis. That's a pen name that he uses and we'll talk about that that in a minute. He's an alumni of the School of Social Welfare and has written this wonderful book um, that we're going to talk about. So we're very excited to have him here. Welcome Robert. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hardiman. Hi, Alyssa. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for coming today. My pleasure. Let's Thank just you. jump right into this, uh, about the inspiration for the book, why you chose to write. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, is this something that you've always wanted to do? Let's start with that.
2: Uh, actually not, Alyssa. It was uh, kind of ironic because, uh, because of my personal diagnostic of having paranoid schizophrenia, which was diagnosed like most people in my early 20s. Hmm. Um since uh since that time uh I've been working pretty much, uh although I was diagnosed uh, diagnosed in, in, in my twenties. Um but I had never had any inkling to write a book about schizophrenia. Um I had no inspiration to write one. I never even thought about it. Sure. Um and for many, many years I you know never even approached approached it, uh the topic. Now In 2017, um, I happened to be unemployed, uh, primarily secondary to psychosis, um, which is an interesting topic altogether because sometimes, because of my symptoms and such, I do what I call job hop. Okay. Where I'll be in a job for a couple years, I'll be doing well, I work as a talk therapist. Uh, Post-masters, have an LCSW, and uh, I'll be on a job for a couple years and then things will start to unravel a little bit for me, and then uh, proactively I I job uh, job, uh, hop, which is my term, and I'll go into a new environment and I feel relieved and it it seems to work out. Um, And there's no crime in job hopping, (laughs) if if you need to do it, you do it, Um, but uh, I was in between jobs in 2017, and uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And in fact, I had just been hospitalized at Samaritan Hospital in 2017 for a very short time. And by the way, inpatient hospitalization's got to be the most untherapeutic place yeah. in the world. <laughs> uh, in a general, in a general uh, manner, as you're trying to recuperate, the you know it's like kind of like a war zone. It, it sure. really needs to be more uh, serene, but I just got out of the hospital after about four or five days in 2017, um, and I was unemployed, and I was just kind of went home and I was recuperating, trying to get my mind back together, as I often do, because the psychosis comes and goes. Sometimes it's worse; it's present every day, uh, but sometimes it's worse than others. Um, but so in 2017, I was out of work. I was going back and forth to the library to stay busy. I was reading or something. To keep myself occupied, and uh, one day at the library, I just said, ah, "I think I'm going to start writing." <laughs> and I picked up a pen, just started writing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what I was going to write about, and if you look at the very beginning of the book, it says, "Why write?" And that was my premise: Why write? Who am I writing for? Am I writing for me? Am I writing for right. an audience? Why write to begin with? And that was my first thought. And then from there, two, two years later, came on Conquering Schizophrenia. And it took me full, two full years to complete. Two um, very rewarding, arduous, uh, there was a lot of persistence to it. Sure. Um, Every day, writing, editing. Um, I did it, it's it self-published uh, through iUniverse. I did everything from uh, cover to cover and in between. Okay. Um, and just when I thought I was done, They would say, well, what about writing something, you know, about the author segment, or what about the back cover, or, you know, uh, what about a preface, or, you know, all these different things, and so it, it, it prolonged, but that was the inspiration, I was out of work, I had nothing to do, I started
0: writing. So congratulations, first of all, on completing the book, I mean, that's quite an achievement, most people have not written books uh, in our society, and that's—it's it's an impressive achievement in, in and of itself. But I wonder if we could um, go back a little bit, and, and with your permission, and certainly, you know, mm-hmm. choose what you feel like sure, uh, yeah. sharing and talking about. But can you talk a little bit about what it was like initially to be diagnosed? You said you were in your twenties. Mm-hmm. How did that happen, and sort of what was that experience like for you? Um,
2: well, I had just. Uh, graduated uh in nineteen ninety three and then afterwards I started uh the the first thing that started happening I was had came down with a good case of insomnia. Hmm. Couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. Little by little I deteriorated. Um I didn't it in, in the schizophrenia um uh conceptualization now they call it first onset psychosis. It wasn't always the case back then. They didn't call it that. That's a modern paradigm Um, And they're doing terrific work at that stage. And it's like any other illness now, like if if cancer is caught early, the prognostic improves. So that's the same thing now with early onset. They're they're creating a lot of uh, resources for that particular Mm -hmm. niche Um, and it's going well. And um, the, the, the outcomes are getting better and better with schizophrenia. So I was diagnosed it hit me like a uh, blindsided because I had no insight at all. There was no mental illness in the family. Nobody knew about schizophrenia in the family. Um, My family picked up that I was acting erratic and saying strange things and not behaving like myself. And uh, they, after a certain amount of time, it became so, my behavior became so erratic that There was a, uh, what do they call those, Uh, intervention, a family Mm -hmm. intervention, my uncle, my aunt, and uh, my mom came to my apartment and they said, you gotta go to the hospital. I'm like, you know, why? Why?" Well, something's not right, something's not right. So anyway, so they scooped me up. I trusted them a little bit more of my paranoia. I remember the trip to the hospital, floridly psychotic, floridly delusional uh floridly paranoid uh on the way to the hospital um and i went there and uh, that's where it all started um i was uh, admitted to samaritan hospital for for um probably a week they started me on uh a Haldol injectable mm-hmm. and the very first night i was in the hospital i had a a a, a, a an intense and severe uh, allergy reaction to the initial dosage of uh, Haldol so I'm on the unit and then all of a sudden all my mu- muscles start to tighten from from uh, from my head to my toe and I couldn't walk. I was, it was paralysis um, kind of like a catatonia but right. all my muscles were tightened and I walked down the hall as best I could. I was in a crouch because I couldn't stand up. Oh you're just having a reaction to the the health here's some Benadryl and so that was my initiation to medications yeah. um, and uh, uh, that's how things got started and that's how the learning curve got started but initially uh, Dr. Hardiman I was blindsided um, and uh, knew very little and I continue to learn to this day 25 years later
0: yeah
1: so do you hope as you're talking about this experience you were unfamiliar you didn't know what to expect in your book do you it's, it's sort of a resource. Can it be a resource for individuals who maybe are just diagnosed or family members who are sort of needing that support or to know what's next where they don't know? They've never been through this before. What does your book offer to a person mm-hmm. reading it?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it's kind of an original type of uh, book i think it's it 's not a just a memoir mm-hmm. um, I, I write why well, i didn 't want to write a memoir because I kind of felt uh, i don 't know i just didn 't want to do memoir um, and so I go about uh, different topics but um, it is for um, both sides of the treatment paradigm it 's for the for the providers to understand the experience and also for Uh, the person experiencing it to uh, get a better understanding of of uh, the clinical side so it offers information from both sides of the paradigm both to providers and to um, uh, the afflicted I'll give you a quick example when I uh, when I finished the book uh, my uh, dearest mother who I adore and who's been supportive for 25 years after she read the book She's and she's known me and been through the whole thing. She said, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea what you were going through. I hmm. I just saw the exterior. I right, didn't know right. what all the psychology." To, and she's like, "Oh my goodness, I did not know know that you were going through those things." So even towards somebody who's uh, known me closely all these years, she had no under, uh, understanding of the underlying psychology. Yeah, and the good thing about this book is interestingly there's not a lot of books um, like this describing the experience Um, and uh, so there's not a lot of experiential stories out there um, about the affliction. Um, the, The most eminent book In the annals is um, by Dr. Ellen Sachs Mm -hmm. Um, and she wrote the center cannot hold it's her memoir Um, it's uh, a great book I recommend it Um, and she won uh, Dr. Sachs is probably the most prevalent uh, prominent individual in the world right now on schizophrenia Um, she researches it Um, she was a, a uh, graduated from Yale Law School, and she's a teacher out and a professor at USC, um, a doctor of philosophy. She wrote a book, and in 2007, she won what they call the Mar- uh, MacArthur mm-hmm. Foundation Award, um, for, um, which is also known as the Grant of Genius. So she wrote that uh, memoir, and um, besides my book, there's not a lot of singular personal testimonies about the experience. So I think that that narrative is missing in the genre, and it informs both sides of the yeah. paradigm, I think.
0: Well, it's interesting. The, you know, the, there, are, uh, there are other books, as you said, that are memoirs, and there are books where people have talked about, you know going back to the early part of the 20th century, have talked about their experiences with mental health challenges but maybe not in quite the same way that yours does. And certainly the way, you know, one of the things, not the only thing, but one of the things that seems really unique about your work here in this book is speaking to both someone who might be going through it and to providers. And certainly as a person who's experienced this yourself, but also as a person who is a professional helper. You help others going through challenges that they're going through. You have a, a dual perspective that's really unique.
2: I, I think that's a contribution to the book as well. As I do work as an LCSW and I'm a talk therapist, I never disclose um, to in the professional environment, not because of shame, uh, just because I find it not pertinent or relevant. Just why, you know? It's just a health issue and I keep it private. Um, by that accord, as far as using a pen name, i 'm kind of reticent to put my actual name out for public consumption, so that 's sure. why I use a pen name um, and I think down the line, you know maybe if I retired or something <laughs> i I might not uh use a pen name anymore um, but just for my own privacy um and, and i don 't think it 's so much uh stigma alyssa it 's more just. I don't find it pertinent. It's a medical problem, you know. If if somebody had uh, diabetes, they yeah. don't. You know, shout it from the rooftops sure. when you go to work. So it's a private medical issue, and I leave it at that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That said, you have an experience that informs who you are as a helper, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but if you're helping an individual who's going through some mental health challenges, mm-hmm. uh, are there some intrinsic experiences that you draw on in your ability to be a helper?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know what paranoia is. I know what auditory hallucinations are. I know what delusions are. I have a great uh, client and um, he has schizophrenia and uh, I remember him telling me at one session, he's like, well, if you had schizophrenia, you would understand what I was talking about. <laughs> and I said, you know, you're right, you're right. I, I, I that's a valid point, you know. Uh, so I deflected, but I, I certainly can under, under this, understand the experience and I think it does bring uh a level of acumen that that is uh helpful. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, at the same time it's it's uh just the use of self. Sure. Um and, sure. and just because I have the experience doesn't you know, say that it's uh, you know, anything superlative. It's just my use of self. Although I don't disclose about my experiences in the professional uh realm because um I'm not the patient in that right. context, so that's, the, that's, uh, that's been my perspective yeah. on that. But it's just the use of self, yeah. um, and every therapist has their bag to pull from. So I don't see anything exceptional about it or anything, but yes, on some level, perhaps a little more empathy or perhaps a little bit more understanding.
0: So if you've just tuned in, uh, you're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB90. Albany FM, and uh, we are talking with Robert Francis, who's the author of On Conquering Schizophrenia from the Desk of a Therapist and Survivor. So two words that really strike me there in that title, and I want to ask you about, and I think they, these two words fit nicely with the current uh, paradigm in mental health treatment, which is really about recovery. But you, the two words that, that strike me here are conquering and survivor. And and so you taught you know right there in the title of the book conquering schizophrenia this is not something that you have uh, succumbed to, but this is something that you've conquered, and then also I'd like to hear you talk about what it means to be a survivor.
2: Well, in the end, uh, Dr. Hutterman, it's been about creating a life worth living. Um, Every single day, it persists, Um, but like. Like today, for example, uh, it, it, the symptoms that I have today, if I had them 20 years ago, would have completely debilitated me. And now, 20 years later, there's such a familiar, familiarity with the symptoms, and I've been through it so many times, that I've learned to cope. Okay. And uh, years ago, 20 years ago, it would, uh, I wouldn't be able to function. Um, But now, 20 years later, I've been at it for a long time. I have a lot of insight. Um, So the conquering is a daily thing, but again, everybody has those daily uh, challenges that they must overcome. So it's just on par with anything else. I I think it's on par with any kind of uh, affliction. You look across humanity and... Each person is dealt uh, a unique kind of set of what I call in the book existential fixations it's just kind of handed to you without any options whether it be um, you know diabetes or cancer or MS or uh, muscular dystrophy or um, any uh, Parkinson's all these things happen to people and and nobody chooses them Um, and so Uh, Everybody has their fixations that they deal with that are handed to them, and we do the best we can uh, with those. Uh, Mine happens to be schizophrenia. I I don't pity myself for that. I see it on par with the rest of humanity, just like something else to try to work out each day and and do my best. Um, But I did survive the early part, and I wanted just to mention in the early part, first onset of psychosis, there's a tremendous amount of... uh, Peril during that time because people don't know what's going on with them and they're prone to criminality or acts of behavior that they would not necessarily do. I escaped that fate, mm-hmm. uh, fortunately. I acted erratically enough uh, uh, to, to warrant uh, some kind of antisocial kind of behavior, uh, maybe, you know, verbal aggression or something that was unnecessary because I was paranoid. But not everybody escapes that period, um, and, and that's why we see so many mentally ill in jail. Because sure. during that first onset of psychosis, there's no insight, there's no support, and somebody has uh, no capacity to control their behavior, and then they get a very bad uh, adverse outcome. I was fortunate to escape that, so I survived that period. Yeah. Now, it's just not in my fabric. I I have no safety issues, I would never, uh, be a safety threat anymore. Um, but early on, certainly, uh, due to the delusions and the paranoia, thinking that people are trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, put my safety at risk or trying mm-hmm. to harm me or what things like that, I could have been prone. Um, so that's um, the survival part. Uh, the conquering is a daily thing, <laughs> that part never goes away. Uh, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. That's my that's my uh, lot, and yeah. that's fine.
0: So, so I guess you know another question that I have, and you know, I'm sorry if these are kind of all over the map, but but you're you're sparking a lot of. Uh... <laughs> reflections here that I'm having, but uh, w- when you think about identity and who you are as a person, wh- what, uh, what role does this experience of being diagnosed and being treated in the mental health system, being hospitalized, mm-hmm. and then on a daily basis having to conquer and maybe reconquer and cope with uh, the challenges, uh, what role has that, those experiences played in making you who you are, your identity?
2: well it certainly has tested my will um and uh (laughs) you know um my spirit um has created a tremendous amount of uh, internal spirit primarily uh some grit um i don't worry about things if they don't go according to plan anymore um and i really don't worry about um, what I would say the the details of life. If something doesn't go well I just brush it off a lot quicker than I used to because I got bigger fish to fry uh, in a general thing but if uh, you know if, I, if, if uh, you know something goes uh, awry it, 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 Dr. Harder has given me a, a good perspective on life of what's important. Sure. sure. Um, and it's instigated a certain amount of spirituality and I don't necessarily mean in a theological yeah. Uh, point of view, but just the uh, capacity to uh, persist yeah. uh, each day. And, um, you know, I don't uh, doubt my capacity anymore to persist. No matter what happens with the illness, it's okay now. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I get hospitalized again, it's okay. I don't care. Like, I know that you give me some time i'll work it out in my mind and i will get back at it yeah um mm-hmm. and so if that happens that's okay if things don't go according to plan that's okay um if i have to take a u turn at the uh, washington and uh, western i'll take the u turn that's okay <laughs> right um and so if things don't go just according to plan and uh, that's that's uh not really a big concern about, yeah. about it anymore. It's more of the, the priorities in life have kind of come to the forefront.
0: So, you you know, you talked a little bit about the early onset uh, idea. Um, college is a time when when mental health challenges often hit college students. Mm-hmm. It's a time when stress and anxiety are certainly high and, and people are learning their own identities and... Uh, often overloaded with uh, responsibilities, and new responsibilities, and new life skills to acquire. And, and, and we read about the stresses that college students are under, and we read about uh, increasing mental health challenges among college students. So some of our listenership might be college students at the University of Albany. And I wonder if you have uh, thoughts about how uh, students in that, in that position might think about mental health challenges that they're going through.
2: Well, they should be very optimistic. Uh, because when I was diagnosed in 95 it was archaic mm-hmm. it still was archaic at that point it was better than uh, the required reading that you provided Dr. Hardiman <laughs> um, uh, on the history of mental health yeah. which I, I recall and uh, thank my lucky graces that right. it, I wasn't born in the 30s 40s 50s or whatever because you know I I i have no preference for an ice bath right um so um so there's a lot of optimistic uh, optimism now um there's a lot of resources around the time when it first uh, occurs so people with the disorder now uh should feel very optimistic about uh living a full life without any obstacles without any barriers um i think i think uh just a little bit of stigma might be there, a residual kind of uh, stigma a little bit about the uh, disorder. But again, it's like a private mental medical problem. People don't have to share that with other people. You know, you can keep it private if you choose. If you want to tell people, that's your cho- choice as well. But there's a tremendous amount of optimism now where recovery is expected. Right. Right. Now, I, there was just one item of uh, in regards to schizophrenia that I had to put out there, and it's called honest, uh, anos... Uh, how do you say that, doctor? O- anosagnosia. I don't uh, know how it's pronounced. Yeah. It's See. a uh, it's a rather uh, new term that kind of is correlated with schizophrenia, and that is uh, level of insight. Okay. If somebody has schizophrenia with anosagnosia, the outcomes are going to be quite... Uh, less optimal let's say Um, and that is a syndrome that is associated with schizophrenia that is uh, for capacity for insight okay those in in the uh, mental health system chronically state hospitals uh, people that don't recover uh, generally have that condition and they cannot process, they, the, meta, the metacognitive is lacking. They don't have mm. the ability to process the delusions and process. It is their reality and they have no reflection on it. Right. Mm. So, when a therapist works with somebody with schizophrenia, the primary distinction needs to be the anos, uh, anosognosia. Now, does this person have capacity to process their symptoms and learn from their symptoms? Um, and reality tests with a therapist, or does this person have a permanent blind spot? Um, and some people, unfortunately, have that condition. They have a permanent blind spot mm-hmm. for the disorder. So, in conceptualizing it, in my mind, that is the first thing to consider, is this uh, a level of ability to, to have some insight. Um, and it's a, it's a primary distinction, it's very important. And, yeah. and as, I, as, as I move along in my career, I'm kind of thinking it is a, um, a zero-sum game, Alyssa, uh, in some capacity. Either the person has the capacity or they do not. I used to think it was a spectrum, you know, that they could develop insight little by little. And I've, I, I thought when I was a therapist that I would see it oh, this person is is, uh, processing their symptoms with me, they understand I reality tested with them. Oh no, of course, uh, of course the government's not after me. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, Robert, the government's not after me. Well, that's good, I'm glad that we have that insight, but then the next time I go back to see him, the government's after him again, you know? So we're back to the same thing. And so it's a primary distinction, it's a very important distinction, um, and it's a fairly new topic of research, yeah. um, and uh, I think it'll bear significant fruit. Um, and, and it needs to be investigated uh, in in some capacity in depth about you know its availability um, and is it developmental? Sure. Many researchers now think it is developmental. I'm kind of on the fence right now. I'm not exactly okay. sure. Um, But um, in in regards to the research on schizophrenia, um, they're doing amazing things. They're looking at the brain from every single angle, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of genetic uh, investigation, a lot of neurological investigation, a lot of uh, psychosocial interventions and programs and things like that. So people have to be uh, very, very optimistic. I've been in touch with a lot of uh, prominent doctors and psychiatrists because of my book. Um, And they've been very, very kind to me. And they're doing uh, amazing research um, into the brain, Um, the basal ganglia area, the hippocampus, the the forebrain. They're looking at all these different aspects to find the detriment to schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And I laud their accomplishments and their work. But I, I, I always think of the term, the ghost in the machine. In other words, yeah, yeah, there might be a brain component, but... Um, don't forget the the ghost of the machine, that being the the mechanism that drives it all. And is it a spiritual malaise or is it a a, a biological or genetic malaise? I think it's probably a combination of of, of sorts. And so scientists go, doing great work, but when I read their work, I go, oh, that's great. They're looking at the hippocampus. Wow, that's wonderful. They're they're finding, uh, you know, hippocampus. Um, but I always think, ah, the ghost and the machine, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you can't measure the spirit. It, right. And who knows if that's the, uh, the trigger, right. the spirit or the biological. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing amazing work um, with research, and there's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, and, and you're doing some
1: amazing work, though, too, with this. And I think this book is a resource for individuals. It helps share a story. And it also, as you were talking about stigma before, it helps to break a stigma or help people feel more comfortable. Whether you use a pen name or not, your story is still here. Mm -hmm. And individuals can look at this and have a better understanding of what schizophrenia is and mm-hmm. sort of hear your journey and how you said the, the survival part to the daily conquering. And these are the things that I think these personal stories, what people need to know. They right. might have an idea of what they think schizophrenia is from something they read or something mm-hmm. that they saw and they might not, they have an inaccurate view of what it is. So yeah. this right here, you know, yes, the yeah. research, but these personal stories, being able to help break the stigma in different ways by sharing experiences, getting messages out there, I think that is equally as important when we're looking at how schizophrenia is viewed and how people who have a condition feel comfortable with themselves. Um, so I think yeah. that's a, a huge part of what you're doing and I um, I think this is a great addition to uh, books to read and Mm -hmm. to our profession. Yes, to that
2: point, it's just from, we see ourselves, we see ourselves from the subjective, Mm -hmm. uh, but others see only the objective. So it's hard to understand the psychology behind it
1: but I I mean we're wrapping up but yeah. I want to thank you so much and Eric do you want to I I guess
0: I just out? wanted to ask quickly you know sort of where you hope to go with this because I think mm-hmm. you know you we I asked about identity mm-hmm. I would assume that one of your new identities now is that of author <laughs> that
1: yeah. that
0: that you know you've accomplished this first book and I say first mm-hmm. because I'm curious, I don't wanna again put words in your mouth, but is there more writing that's gonna happen? And and where do you go from here?
2: Uh, I'm not exactly sure. It's been a a very interesting journey with the book. Most unanticipated joy. Um, I didn't expect to ever finish a book, to write a book. It's been intrinsic the whole time. And I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm having fun with it. I've been in contact with a lot of prominent people about who, who research schizophrenia. And uh, Dr. Hartman and Alyssa, they've been amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I've reached out to Ellen, Ellen Sachs, and we've gone back and forth. She she uh, she told me last time because uh, <laughs> I always called her uh, Dr. Sachs, Dr. Sachs, Dr. the Last time we we emailed, she said, please, please, Robert, call call me Ellen. <laughs> so so, but but people in the, the field have been tremendously yeah. supportive, and they want to hear personal testimonies. Yeah. Those who research are the most interested in the personal testimonies, coincidentally, which is uh, heartening to me. And uh, so, Dr. Hardiman, I really don't know where it's all going to lead. I'm just living it day by day, Um, and it's been fascinating, um, and I continue to learn about the disorder and what's being done about it.
0: Well, it makes you an expert i mean one of the things is we talk about expertise and what does it mean to be an expert and some people are experts through uh, research and some people are an expert through book knowledge and some people are experts through experience and i think that's really what you've done is you've taken your own personal life your own experiences uh, in that life and in the mental health system and being treated and sort of uh, being who you are and you've taken that experience and turned it into expertise that can help others. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: And thank you so much for being on. Again, the title of the book is On Conquering Schizophrenia from the Desk of a Therapist and Survivor by Robert Francis. So thank you so much for being again. Oh, it's my
0: pleasure. And where can listeners find the book? I think that's really important. I would love for people to to find this and actually read it.
2: Uh, It's everywhere. Everywhere. And you know where that means, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but primarily Amazon, where everybody buys their book. It's uh, available in ebook, in, uh, uh ebook Kindle, and paperback. Great, great. Thank,
0: you. Thank so, you so much. Thanks for listening. This has been The Social Workers, and we've been here again with Robert Francis, author of On Conquering Schizophrenia. We will be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany.